With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. Welcome to the Veterans Day edition of Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Eagles had a bye week but got the win they needed from the Giants when they beat the football team. The Sixers have finalized their coaching staff and rolled out their new uniforms. We're certainly going to talk about that. Yes, they are hideous. Uh, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Penn State starts the season 0-3 after being taken behind the woodshed by Denny Malloy's Maryland Terrapins. That's right, Maryland. And more importantly, Chad, happy Veterans Day to your dad, my dad, my father-in-law as well, and all of our veterans. Yeah, Bill, happy Veterans Day to all who've served. Uh, our pal Denny is still jumping up and down, giving me crap about Maryland whooping our Nittany Lions. Hey, strange things happen here in 2020, guys. Uh, we will have to discuss that later, but we're going to talk lots of football tonight. Let's see what we do have on tap. Um, we have uh, Eagles talk, of course. Big division game coming up this Sunday at the Meadowlands. And Freddie Burns will stop by with his fantasy football talk later on in the show. And, Bill, it is not on the agenda, but you and I are going to square off in a game of Jeopardy later on in memory of Alex Trebek. Ah, you didn't tell me that. All right, I'll be ready. Well, hey, we got great guests tonight uh, making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio and WIP's James Seltzer to help us solve all the Philly sports problems. And there's a load of them, Chet, but James, welcome back. Yeah, uh, it, it is an honor and a pleasure to be back, fellas. Asking me to solve the problems, I think, might be uh, a bridge too far, as they say. We got some problems, fellas. Speaking of problems, this is just our second week with this new technology, so I'm still getting used to it. So that's what it was off to a shaky start right there. But, you know, James, you may not realize this, but back in March, you and Charlie O'Connor were on our final show of the pre-pandemic era, as we like oh, to call wow. it. A couple of days later, of course, the sports world shut down. WIP canceled that Eagles Town Hall that I was hoping to see you at the following Monday. Yeah. And, well, none of us has been to a live sporting event since. But I, I just want to congratulate you and the guys at WIP for managing to survive the spring and summer when there were pretty much no live sports to discuss. <laughs> and yet you somehow pulled it off. 
Uh, I have to ask, how tough was that planning a daily four-hour radio show to have virtually no topics to discuss? Yeah, thanks, Chet. Well, I really appreciate that. And I, I know Joe and John and everyone down there appreciates it. Um, I, I mean, it was definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to do since I've been in this business without a, a question. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, um, you start off and you're concerned about it. You're like, all right, what are we going to do? First of all, you're concerned about what's happening in the world. You know, first of all, we're doing, you know, we did like a week of shows just talking about COVID and the impact on sports and the impact on the world and all these things that are, you know, very different from arguing about Carson Wentz or whatever, you know, so definitely a, a change there. But once we started to get into it and started to realize, all right, we need to be creative. We need to think outside the box. We need to try and find different angles on things that actually, honestly, I think we ended up doing some of our, our best shows in that time because it kind of opened us up a little bit and allowed us to, you know, maybe talk about something we wouldn't have talked if we were uh, focusing on, you know, what the score was the game last night or, or what Joe Girardi did or, or a ball Carson went through. So, um, you know, it was hard. It was long. It was definitely a lot of work. But I think in the end, it definitely it's something that we I think we're all feeling we feel proud of that we were able to kind of make it through that time and not really let the the quality suffer. You know, that was the worry is it would kind of get stale or it would get, you know, kind of boring or, or nothing interesting to talk about. And I, I was really proud of, of the, the shows we put off. So um, mm. it was definitely tough, but it was also something that, you know, looking back on. I'm very proud of. Now I don't want sports to go away again. You know, trying to do it again might be tough. But um, thanks for saying that, man. It really meant a lot. So. Hey, James. You know, as we look back eight months now, and we've we've completed a hockey season and an NBA season and uh, and a baseball season, and you you mentioned quality of your shows. What do you think of the quality of the product that these leagues ended up putting out uh, under these circumstances? Some maybe good, maybe some not so good. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I agree. I think there were varying levels of success with it. I thought, I mean, hockey felt like playoff hockey to me. I mean, the whole thing felt real. It felt natural. I didn't notice the fans not being there. Now, obviously, the way they shoot hockey, there aren't as many shots of, of the crowd as maybe you would see in a, a baseball game or whatever with every foul ball or whatever. But um, I thought they did a great job and it felt like the level of intensity was there. So I thought hockey crushed it. I thought it was, was perfect. Um, basketball. I really loved the bubble at first, like during the regular season games, I thought the bubble was awesome. It was unique. I thought it was fun. The virtual fans. I liked the whole thing. I thought in the playoffs and while I didn't, I didn't hate it by any means. I did think you felt it in the playoffs, the lack of fans, the lack of that, you know, kind of energy to the games that I don't think was there. And I think it played out and, you know, I, I, I thought Miami was a fun run and all that, but if they have to go on the road, you know, four games in a series against Milwaukee or against Boston, I don't know if they win those series. So I don't know if it kind of impacted the outcome or not, but I thought basketball was fine. Baseball was probably the one I, I, I think suffered the most. Um, it, you felt it, you know, that the empty and it's funny too. Cause I went in thinking, I was like, I've watched a lot. I watch baseball all the time. I watch the package. I'm watching like tigers games and Royals games and all these, you know, random games. And, and guess what? There are not a lot of fans at those games in <laughs> June, July, August when teams are out of it. But even that, even without people on home plate, like either you could, you could notice it. It felt a little more empty, a little less energy to it so i think of of all of them i think baseball suffered the most from it and also i mean the other two were kind of finishing a season so it felt a little less um 
sham like so to speak like the baseball season just it didn't feel like a real baseball season to me so personally well let's talk a little football uh the eagles are playing it's been a weird season for them and the entire nfl i guess uh a lot of guys coming back which is great miles sanders that's a plus alshon jeffrey also back and i'm a little worried about the fact that he's perhaps Mm -hmm. healthy what's that going to do to the wide receiver rotation hopefully it's not going to take away from you know travis fulgham and greg warden these guys chat let me tell you if if alshon (laughs) jeffrey takes one snap away from travis fulgham (laughs) i might lose my mind i'm so with you look i i think I think I'm like most Eagles fans. I think most of us have kind of moved on from Alshon Jeffrey. I don't think we need to see him out there. I don't think we care about seeing him out there. I'd rather see young guys. And and Fulgham, it's become a no-brainer. I mean, he is proving to be potentially really legit and certainly an NFL player. I mean, you you absolutely cannot take that guy off the field. If it were J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, maybe it's a little easier to take that guy off the field for Alshon or whatever. But Ultimately, I just look, I don't think Alshon's going to be that effective. That's a real injury The the Liz Frank is like, that's a tough injury to come back from at his age, his size, his history of injuries. Like, I just, I'm not expecting anything from him. And I'm concerned that they're going to do what they do every year with all these old guys. We're just seeing with Jason Peters. The fact that Jason Peters is going to start over Drew my lot is an outrage. It's crazy. My lot is a better player right now, much less all the future implications and all that. So I, I, I'm nervous. They're going to do the same thing with Alshon and try and put him in the starting lineup, get him out there, all that. When, you know, look, I don't want him playing at all, but if they're going to play him, like put him in for the red zone or something. And that's it. That's all I would do personally. I'm just nervous that they're going to try and force him in there more. Mm-hmm. Well, James, as the, as the Sixers, the Eagles sit here at midseason, uh, they're getting a lot of heat from the local. <laughs> yeah, you uh, could say the, that from the players, the coaches and all that. But hey, they're in first place and they're going to win the NFC East and they're going to the playoffs and they're going to host the home game. Uh, they're, they're only go- thank you. Uh, right on cue, Chet. Uh, I didn't even know that was coming. Good man. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're going to win this division. I don't care if the division stinks or not. The idea is to finish first. And they're going to finish first. And uh, it, so with all the injuries and all the stuff going on, is it warranted to be, uh, be on these guys a little bit? Or uh, are they getting a little bit of a hard time because they've struggled? But, hey, I'll struggle all day and be in first place. Yeah, it's honestly – I. I don't ever remember a season like this in my life as an Eagles fan. I think it's the most unique situation we've ever kind of been confronted with in terms of this type of thing where they are go. I agree with you, Bill. Like that is a true statement in my mind. They're going to win the NFCs. They're the best team in the NFCs, but they're a horrible football team. Like they are. And look, getting some guys back could help a little bit, but there's not a good football team. It's a fact. Like they're a bottom 10 team in the league this year. And yet, Six, nine, and one, seven, eight, and one. We're going to be going to the playoffs. So it's a really unique thing. Look, ultimately, I, I do think that I'm not one of those people who says tank for a pick or whatever. I mean, they're not getting they're not getting a top pick in the draft anyway. Like, I know it could be a top 10 pick, but I think I still think making the playoffs matters. It's what the sport is about. And Carson Wentz has still not played a full playoff game, right? I mean, that was the big thing last year. Get Carson playoff experience. He didn't really get it. So, like, even that to me alone, getting him experience, giving him the chance to play a home playoff game is, is worthwhile. And look, like like Chet said before, I mean, Miles Sanders coming back. Hopefully, maybe Lane Johnson can be healthy enough to play multiple games in a row. Isaac Samalo coming back. I mean, just getting that offensive line healthy and, and together could be such a massive boon for this team. So 
I mean, could they be good enough to beat like, I don't know, the, the bears or, or, you know, uh, who are some of those other teams in that range? I mean, I guess Tampa Bay, maybe Tampa like, Bay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they could beat one of those teams at home. I, I mean, I wouldn't bet on them. I don't think they will be a favorite no matter who they're playing, but I mean, it's certainly possible. And, and then you roll the dice. It's the playoffs. So I'm with you. I, I'm rooting for them to make the playoffs. I want them to make the playoffs, but it would be nice if they, when they get these guys back, can maybe get on some sort of a roll heading in there where it just doesn't feel so hopeless that it's like, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs for this team's a joke. And I think a lot of that comes to Wentz. You know, Wentz needs to play better. I think we all know that. Well, speaking of Carson Wentz, he's been uh, on a lot of people's minds the last couple of days, yeah. including the mind of Brett Favre. We heard Brett Favre say <laughs> they should have kept Foles, Nick Foles. And then Doug Peterson today in an epic news conference had ah. – three opportunities and it took him till the third one to kind of get it right where he basically just said, Oh yeah, Brett's entitled his opinion instead of backing his quarterback. Uh, Carson, what do you make of this whole thing? All right. Well, first and foremost, go away, Brett Favre. That, that's the, <laughs> my number one thought is Brett. No one cares what you think. Just keep your opinions to yourself. I, I could not care less what Brett Favre has to think about the Eagles or to be frank, really anything. So that's my very first thought on the Brett Favre situation. But yeah, like Doug, Chad, I think you described it really well. So basically, I mean, given two chances, Tim McManus asked him a very fair question. Hey, Brett Favre said this, you know, what do you think? And he's like, he's entitled to his opinion. Every football coach, every fan on the planet knows like whatever he thinks there he has to say, Carson's my guy. I don't agree with Brett. Even if you want to say, hey, listen, Brett's entitled to his opinion. You can think whatever he wants. Carson's our guy. That's pretty clear. Let's move on. That's like it. he could have just, he could have been done with it. So then a follow-up Les Bowen basically is like, Oh, you know, you realize what you're saying here, Doug. And he does it again. He did it again. It took Rob Motti spoon feeding him the question and basically being like, Doug, before the world burns down with your answer, like you, you, you sure you don't want to reconsider? Yeah, you sure you don't want to reconsider what you're saying here? And then that was awesome. And then even then, Doug's like, "Wait, are you, are you talking about Nick and Car?" Oh yeah, of course, Carson's my guy. It was just, it was bad, man. It was a bad look. And I know Doug's not great in press conferences and all that type of stuff. And and look, you won a Super Bowl, like you can be bad in press conferences and still be a successful coach. But there are things like that and times like that where it does concern me because. Again, not even a coach, like anyone who follows football at all knows what he's supposed to say in that moment, knows what he should say in that moment. And for him to just be so far off base twice before getting spoon fed an answer, it ha it's concerning. It has to be a little concerning. <laughs> hey, let's jump over and talk Phillies a minute. Uh, JT oh, do we have to, Bill? Yeah, do we, we have, have to? to. <laughs> JT Realmuto, as expected, uh, declined his offer. He's a yeah. free agent. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not sitting well with Philly fans either, as you well know. Uh, what's your take on that? I Look, uh, my take is I don't think Romito is going to be back. Ultimately, I don't think they're going to. Look, the only way it comes back is if the market is so depressed, which is possible. Again, we're hearing a lot of owners cry poor, all that type of stuff. If the market is so depressed that the offers are comparable, I do think, he likes it here. I think he is buddies with Bryce. I think all that stuff does matter. So if it's close, I do think the Phillies have a chance. I just, you know, Steve Cohen's going to pay more if he wants to. If Steve Cohen wants JT Romito, he's going to be a Met. And I think, like, it all comes back to this central issue of the Phillies are a mess right now. I mean, I don't know why you would trust them to make the right decision about anything. I mean, the fact that they're considering hiring Jim Hendry, I mean, it's like, 
what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, it is so crazy to me that Andy McPhail is sitting in that office, sitting in that building, like giving John Middleton advice. Like, how does Andy McPhail keep his job in the first place, much less be the guy who's in his ear, be the Rasputin in his ear telling him what to do? Like, it, the whole thing, I have so little faith in John Middleton's. No, I mean, Andy McPhail, zero. I mean, I just want him gone. I did whether <laughs> as soon as possible, I want Andy McPhail away from my baseball team. But the, I think the bigger issue for getting the roster, for getting the players, is that I have very, very little faith in John Middleton, especially contrasting with Steve Cohen buying the Mets. And not only is he four plus, four times plus richer than John Middleton, he's worth like $14 billion as the richest owner in baseball. Regardless of that, like he just seems like a smart business guy. Like he seems like he knows what he's doing. He comes in and says all the right things and <laughs> makes all the, you know, he, he fired his entire front office. He did what Middleton couldn't do with McPhail. He did it in two two days of, of, of owning the team. Like, so I just, I, and you look at the rest of the division, you look at the Braves, a juggernaut with so, so much young talent still on the way up. Washington just won the World Series. They have Juan Soto. They have talent in the minors. Even the Marlins have young talent. Like, I just feel like the Phillies are, are really in danger of falling into the fifth spot in the NL East and really, you know, in, in a lot of trouble for the future. They put their kind of chips in right now with Harper, Romuto, even if they don't sign him, that was their move. Uh, you know, Nola, Wheeler, all these guys who are ready to compete now and, and the team's not close to good enough. So either you have to spend and put people around this and get a smart person in here or you blow it up like one of those two. And I think the most likely scenario is they're just going to kind of play it down the middle of the road and continue to be this mediocre team. And, and until they bring in someone here who is smart and has direction and knows how to build and run a baseball team, they're going to be in trouble. I had a little tirade last week, James, uh, similar to what you just did, but you did it way more <laughs> impressively than I did. There's nothing else we can say about the Phillies right now. Let's go on to the Sixers, okay? Yeah. Uh, Who would have thought know... if you had told me the last time we talked in March that I would be way more excited to talk Sixers than <laughs> yeah. Phillies? I would have told you guys are crazy. <laughs> and, uh, James, I got to tell you, I heard a little of your latest Go Birds podcast with Elliot Shore Parks. Mm -hmm. So I think I know how you feel about this, which is the new Sixers uniform. And I can try to. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your best take on these Sixers uniforms, James. Yeah, well, Bill nailed it in the open. I mean, it's horrific. <laughs> it's just horrific. They are horrible <laughs> uniforms. It is it is disastrous. And I love Bodas, bro. I lived in Fairmount for a decade. Like, that is my spot in the city. I love it. I think it's the most beautiful place in the city. But, like, it doesn't even look – I mean, it, it's just – it's weird looking and awkward. And it just – they look stupid. I mean, we just yeah. flat out. They're bad looking jerseys. It is what it is. I, I'm not someone who generally overreacts jerseys. I don't care that much. Like whatever. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a big Jersey guy, but those are really bad. You know, those are, those are yeah. rough. Yeah. They're too busy for one. There's too much stuff. On. Way yeah. too much stuff going you on. Know, Way too much stuff. I, I did notice they managed to get StubHub in there though. Oh, yeah, they, well, they had the TTP there, which was cool. That was nice, but yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah because that process is that process has worked so well. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, right above have. the D it is a little have. TTP. I, I see it too. Yeah, right there. I like it. So uh -oh. I take that. It could have worked. Hey, it's part two. We got Daryl Morey now. Yeah, no, I, I do have a question on those uniforms, though. Is uh -huh. is it just the black uniforms going to look like that, or is that going to be on all their? uniforms no i think those are just uh for those specific uniforms from what i understand yeah that won't be yeah all of them they've Thank got God. like five or six different yeah. uniforms so yeah. we'll only right. see that once yeah. in a while yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. 
Oh, well, talking about the, uh, you know, the the change in coaching staff, the change Mm -hmm. in management, uh, this team looks like it's wanting to be serious about moving forward. Uh, They need some shooters. Uh, You see, you see big changes coming. Well, yeah, look, I think first and foremost, I mean, they did what the Phillies couldn't as well. I mean, Daryl Morey clearly willing to uproot in the middle of a pandemic. Andy McPhail, take notice, like a couple days for your press conference. But, I mean, Daryl Morey, like what, the, what Josh Harris did, and I thought Josh Harris, you know, four months ago was rock bottom as far as Phillies owners go or Philadelphia owners go. And he is lapping John Middleton. I mean, he just went out and, and said, all right, like. I'm going to get smart people and put them in place. I'm going to get people who are successful at this, who have accomplishments at this. I mean, Daryl Morey is a top five smart guy in the sport, like a top five executive in the sport. I mean, he's like, those guys don't leave teams. They never leave. Like if you have one of those guys, he's there forever with Sam Presti, Danny Ainge, like all these guys, they just stay with the same team forever. Those guys never are on the market and they had an, a, a unique opportunity. And look, a big part of it was luck with them, with doc rivers getting fired by the Clippers there. And it just kind of all fell in their lap, but credit for, for taking advantage of it, you know, credit for going out and saying, all right, here's $10 million a year. Do your thing. Thank you. Like, that's what a good owner does. A good owner comes in and says, here's my money. You are smart. Do your thing that you're smart at. Like, that's what good owners do. That's what good managers do. It's what good business people do. Josh Harris, whether we like him as an owner or not, has is clearly a damn good businessman. And he knows what he's doing when it comes to business. And he's applying those tactics to the Sixers. He's like, okay, I'm going to give a really smart guy a lot of money and I'm going to let him run his business. And that and that's smart. And the same thing with Doc Rivers, same idea. Um, they had a perfect off season. Like a per- I was so down on the Sixers after the bubble. I really thought the future was in peril with Josh Harris at the, at the wheel, so to speak. And in one off season, they've completely flipped me around to where I, I believe in the structure of the organization. Even if Simmons and Embiid don't work, I think the guy who's in charge now can figure out how to maximize them the best to get the most for one of them to do whatever. Or if they can work, I trust Doc Rivers to figure it out more than I did Brett Brown. So I could not have, and and look, I think roster changes will come too. I think they might not be as aggressive this off season as next off season, just because it's such a short off season. I mean, the season's starting in like a month, which is crazy or whatever. (laughs) It's like insane. So I mean like, so who knows? I don't think it'll be a crazy off season for roster movement. I think, He'll kind of come in here and get a lay of the land and all that. But I, I think long-term they got the guy. Are you buying into the James Harden trade rumors? Um, I don't know. I, I Certainly not now. I don't think it's going to happen this offseason. But next offseason, maybe. I mean, it wouldn't be. The, I think I think Maury's going to come in and see what he has with Simmons and Embiid, assess these guys, assess whether he thinks it can work. And if not, I certainly think that that could be the type of guy you would trade a Ben Simmons for, for sure. I mean, look, Harden's what one of the best guards of all time. Like he's certainly one of the best scoring players ever, maybe the best scorer, you know, since Jordan. So um, probably the best scorer since Jordan. So, you know, I I think James Harden would be a a good fit here if Ben Simmons weren't here. Uh, But I think Simmons and Harden could never, ever, ever play together with the, you know, needing the ball in their hands. So um, I I think there's some validity to it. I wouldn't bet on it. You know, if it was, you know, I'd say like a, you know, a low, a low percent chance, but it's certainly possible, especially with the connection between Maury and Harden. Well, hey, Chet, before we run out of time with James, I know you have something uh, fun you want to do because we know James isn't any fun and he doesn't get excited. He has no passion. I hate fun. 
Ready to have some fun, James? Always. It's my All life right. motto, Chad. One of my favorite things that you guys did on the midday show this summer was you putting Joe to camera on the hot seat with a weekly pop culture version oh, of Beat the Hammer. Love it. it was, yes. frankly, it was embarrassing to hear Joe miss so many questions, but yes. yet I loved it. It was very strange. Uh, well, Oddly compelling, put, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like a train wreck. I just yeah. couldn't turn away. Uh, uh, I'm going to put you through a little quick version of that ooh. game if you're up for it. And I'm positive you will do much better than joe hard not to yeah chat. that's true yeah, and bill Furman, i want you to let me know after we're done how many of these questions you know the okay. answers to because i like you're this. about the same as uh joe de in terms of your pop culture oh, knowledge no probably offense. so yeah okay yeah. good all right, good. All right so what we're going to do i'm going to put 94 seconds on the clock since Ooh, you are from 94 wip uh, and we're going to do 10 questions so i have faith that you're going to get most of these right away a couple might be a little tougher than others but here we go. We're going to start the clock as soon as I finish the first question, just like you, James. You. I know how it's done. You do. Well so done. Here we go. Uh, I got my finger on the button. There we go. Only one movie released since theaters reopened in early September, James, has brought in more than $50 million domestically, a sci-fi film from director Christopher Nolan. As I start the clock, what's that movie? Tenet. Ding. <laughs> Six acts, James, were inducted virtually into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last weekend, including Ooh. a large rapper whose real name was Christopher Wallace. Who's that late hip hop? That would be Notorious B.I.G. You are good. Another inductee was a classic rock group whose hits include China Grove and Blackwater. What band? That'd be the Doobie Brothers. Three for three. In 1999's second highest grossing movie, uh, it was one set in Philadelphia and included the memorable line, I see dead people. What was the film? Ah, The Sixth Sense. Classic. In the popular sitcom, The Big Bang Theory, what were the first names of the two nerdy main characters? Sheldon and Leonard. Five for five. The actress Gwyneth Paltrow and ex-husband Chris Martin of Coldplay have a 16-year-old daughter whose name is also a fruit. What's that name? I believe it's Apple, if I'm not six mistaken. Six for six. Number seven, one of the 1990s biggest one-hit wonders, had the line, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Give me either the star title down, or the I artist. I get up again. Uh, was that Hanson? Or oh. no, Chumbawamba, Chumbawamba, Ooh. excuse me, Chumbawamba. Oh. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Chumbawamba. You shouldn't. That was a, I messed it up. It's Chumbawamba. Chub thumping by Chumbawamba. Yes. Number eight, who is the beautiful actress? Who is the beautiful actress who plays the Black Widow in several of those Marvel Cinematic Universe Scarlett Johansson. Number nine, one of R.E.M.'s best known songs is Man on the Moon, a tribute to what comedian? Andy Kaufman. And, oh, we're out of time, but I'm going to give you number 10 anyway. Why not? In Will Ferrell's holiday hit movie, Elf, what legendary comedian played Papa Elf? Oh, my God. I haven't seen it in so long. Hold on. Hold on. Is it George Carlin? Oh, no. Hold on. Oh, my God. I got eight and a half out of ten. Oh, is it? Um. Oh my God, I'm I'm I can't believe I can't remember this right now. Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. Oh my God. <laughs> Terrible job. Eight and a half Terrible out of job. ten, though. But yeah. eight and a half points is what Joe got over the whole course of the summer. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's nice true. I'm gonna job. beat myself up over Bob Newhart for the next. Bill, week. how many did you know? Uh, three. Okay. <laughs> that's for you, that's not bad. Yeah, three. I, I knew the Doobies. I knew uh, Sheldon and Leonard, and I knew, actually knew Apple. Oh right? wow! There you go. Look yeah, at that. I, I did. Those. Uh, <laughs> I, and and to be honest with you, Chet, question number one, I yeah. didn't even know the theaters were open. Oh, my <laughs> that does not surprise me. 
That I was say? awesome. That was super uh, fun, Chet. Well, great. good deal. Hey, James, we appreciate you coming by, man. Always good. And uh, I love your passion. Uh, guys, it's always a pleasure. Anytime, let me know. Seriously, I really appreciate the offer. Thanks, hey, folks. Man. Be sure to check out James and the Go Birds show every Saturday on WIP. Awesome. And you guys do like three or four podcasts a week, you and Elliot, and uh, do a great yes. job. Yes. A lot of, lot of recording, a lot of podcasts. Uh, it's always there for you, so check it out. Thank you, Chad. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Good James. Deal, James. Thanks, man. A pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. All right. See ya. Hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, indeed, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoy, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania at 610-430-0700. Once again, that number, 610 430 700 and bill let's see if this works when i hit this button hi football fans this is merrill reese and you're listening to bill and chet on philly press box radio it's good yes yes hold on that technology's oh, beating you up tonight. Oh, man, man I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, you start talking. You can start talking now. Get and, us uh, back. I'll get well, out of him. I was going to say, uh, Merle thinks we're good. Uh, I think the Penn State Nittany Lions are not good. They stink. Uh, they got blown out by Merle, and they now sit 0-3. Not good. Hey, Chet, I, I, when you think about Penn State football through the Paterno era and all the, you know, as many years as we've been watching – what do you think the most about? What's the first thing that comes to your mind about Penn State football is they're going to be great on defense. I was just going to say great defense, especially linebackers. That's right. So game one, they gave up 36. Game two, they gave up 38. Game three, they gave up 35. Guess what? You ain't winning. You stink. As you recall, I was all over the place on Saturday, visiting with family, then stops at events in Allentown and Philly. So the good news for me, I did not see a single play of Saturday's mess, but I was listening to our pal Steve Jones and Jack Ham call the game on radio while driving around. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I know you watched, so you tell me, what the hell is going on with this team? Well, I mean, first of all, 35-19 final was not the story of the game. It was 35-7 game. Yeah. late in the game and Penn State added a few things in there but here's the story to me Sean Clifford is quarterback he's leading the team in rushes and he's leading the team in rushing yardage uh at only 150 yards 2.9 yards a carry your quarterback has the most carries that's a problem uh that's a yeah. problem with your offensive line it's a problem with your running backs although Devin Ford is, is a young kid and good player they lost guys uh, due to injuries and other things. But, hey, it's a next man up kind of thing, uh, and and they're not getting it done. Yeah, and I don't know where the season goes from here. I know a lot of people, like we said last week, want James Franklin fired. But that's not going to happen, especially during the year of a pandemic uh, and the, you know, the university losing money. So he's going to be here not only this year, but 
in all likelihood for the next several years. I don't think they're going to get rid of James Franklin, despite outcry from a lot of people. I, I, I have a real problem with James Franklin this week, Chet. Uh, you know, he, he came out and he, you know, I, I get it. It's, these are rough times. They're rough times for everybody. But he came out and he said, hey, my family's in Florida. I'm in Penn State College. They're my energy. I'm not doing a good job. I got stuff. Well, you know what? Everybody's got stuff. Wow. It's a hard, it's a hard time for everybody. That to, that's an excuse. That's that's just a flat out excuse that I'm not buying. Everybody's got stuff going on, you oh, know. Yeah. And uh, and and there's a lot of a lot harder problems than a guy that's making a ton of money who can afford to send his family to Florida. And he's got a child that's got some some issues, whatever they are. I, I don't know, but. Um, so I think that's why they got him away from the pandemic and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, that, that's that's an excuse. I, I'm not buying it. I have a problem with James Franklin this week. Yeah. Uh, speaking of issues, a couple of this weekend's games got postponed due to COVID issues, including Alabama LSU. Is that going to mess up more of this strange season? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I don't know how you're going to decide who goes where and who does what. But – I, I can tell you, though, the NFL can't match that product that we saw Saturday night when Clemson went to Notre Dame. And, it, man, it was a big boy slugfest. It was a great football game, uh, even with whatever there was, 12,000 fans or something like that, that stormed the field. Uh, it, I mean, it was a great football game. And, uh, you know, that's what you, you hope to see. It's just uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough to sort it all out in the end, you know. I don't know where it goes from here. I got home in time to see the whole fourth quarter, and that was a great game. I, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan, but, hey, congrats to them. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm not a Notre Dame fan really at all, but, uh, you know, they they had their they had the lead. Then they got their backs against the wall and came back and made the plays. The, Ian Book was was fantastic, and uh, and Clemson was too. Uh, Clemson was down quite a bit early on, came back, and, and got after it. So, um you know, I, I don't know how it's all going to sort out at the end because you don't know who's going to play week to week. I mean, like you say, Alabama LSU is now canceled. Denny Malloy is just sending us a comment yet that says Maryland, Ohio State has COVID issues. Not sure if they're playing. Well, oh, here it's boy. Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. You know, so you don't know week to week what teams are even going to play, let alone what players are going to play. I hear you. That's true. All right. Well, hopefully it's going to get better. Um, but I don't know. One other comment on college football before I use up too much time. Jim Harbaugh's in big trouble at Michigan. Yeah, they're, they're not having a great year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, kind of talking about that, the whole debacle, though, Chet, that makes me thirsty. And, you know, when I get thirsty, I think about the Irish Rover Station House. Well, Bill, I could use a beverage from the Irish Rover right about now. They're over in Bucks County. And here's the deal. It's getting a little colder outside, but they're still offering outdoor patio seating for folks who aren't yet ready to dine indoors. But they also do have indoor seating with socially distant tables, of course. And in fact, to make it uh, you know better for everybody, they have just made more seating available when needed by having opened up the banquet side of the building for regular dining. 
you already know they have a great menu and a full slate of beers and cocktails available. They're open daily and open for lunch Thursday through Sunday. They open at 3, Monday through Wednesday. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn, and you can check them out on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And now, Bill, if this works, I'm going to scroll down and find some football music so we can uh, talk to our next guest. Let's see if it works. Come on now. Ah, uh, yes, uh, there he is. There you go. Yo. Welcome, welcome back to Edge of Philly Sports Network. Freddie Burns back to talk fantasy football and make some more hot picks for the week. Yo, I got to tell you guys, I, I didn't have the greatest day. Energy was dead. And when I watched James Seltzer on here, it totally <laughs> just rejuvenated the hell out of me. Like, awesome. He is, I love him in general, but, like, that was awesome. He's got a little passion to him. You got to love that. Yeah, He's a great guy, great. too, man. Great yeah. guy. So yeah. now I'm ready. Thanks, James. All right. <laughs> Talk to us. Tell us what's happening in the fantasy football world. Injuries, bye weeks, ton of stuff going on. There are some options waiver wire wise with some matchups. So, um, I like Jared Goff is on most waiver wires. I wouldn't start him every week, but he's going up against the Seattle Seahawks this week. Their pass defense is bad. It's very bad. He's going to get at least twenty, if not more. McVeigh will probably scheme something up as well. So definitely go with Goff at the quarterback spot. Uh, another Tua, Tua time. Tua's looking good in Miami. He had two touchdowns, 35 yards rushing, zero interceptions. Um, he's a guy, I don't know if I'd start him this week, but he's a waiver wire pickup that you definitely, you know, should think about grabbing the rest of the year. Uh, running back-wise, J.D. McKissick in Washington. He's going to be – I like Antonio Gibson. He seems to be more like a Chris Thompson at this point. If he didn't fumble the ball, he would have had, a, I think, another touchdown last week. But – uh McKissick gets a lot of carries. They're going up against Detroit. They're not a great defense. That's a guy that's on the waiver wire you can get if you have an injury or a bye week. Um, who else is out there? Uh, Tevin Coleman of the 49ers. I said to get him last week. They ended up not playing him that Thursday, but he should play this week. Matt Breida in Miami. He's questionable, but if he plays, he should get a bulk of the carries. He there Again, these are waiver wire pickups that you would stream in a pinch to for your guys that your your number one back you lose, you know, wide receiver. You guys are going to be excited about this. All right. <laughs> so I say, if he's still there, you pick up Travis Fulgham. I've been telling you guys to pick up Alshon Jeffrey. He's playing this week, five catches, 60 yards. Oh, stop. I'm predicting stop. it right now. No. <laughs> and then the other guy who is probably not going to be on Philadelphia waiver wires. He did pop up on one of my five leagues. Jalen Rieger, you got to pick him up. Like he's he's the number one pick. He's going to start. Play, he, he they were moving him all over the offense against Dallas. It was now they didn't have a lot of success, but it was like Tyreek Hill the way they were moving him in motion. I see. I think the rest of the year you're going to get a lot of points out of him. If we if we move off the Eagles, uh, Curtis Samuel, he's had 15, 19, I think 24 in his last three games in Carolina. He's on mostly all waiver wire. Seems like Bridgewater likes to get him the ball. He's a receiver you can grab. Tight end, it's still slim pickings. You Jordan Reed, maybe Trey Burton. They're 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 all like hit or miss though. You might get a two or you might get a seventeen if they have like if the offense decides to focus on them that week. And then defenses that you can pick up. 
the Eagles defense against the, against the Giants with Daniel Jones. I like the Vikings defense against Foles. And then I like the Saints defense against the 49ers. Hey, Fred, you- I'm going to throw this up here and see if I can uh, get it on the screen because uh, Chris made a comment. Maybe you know about, maybe you don't, but it'd be interesting. There you go. Reason Thomas questionable for the Saints. Does that make a difference? Um, I mean, it would make a difference if I was starting. Probably not, because you would sit Breeze and Thomas, and then if you had Kamara, you would think there'd be more of a focus on him. You may think about Latavius Murray picking him up because you know they're not they're gonna they probably focus on the run more. Because if Taysom Hill's your quarterback, it's gonna be a run oriented offense. But questionable. If I saw doubtful, then I I would get a little concerned. But you're probably Fred. If I set the over under at three and a half for Alshon Jeffrey receptions, I'm taking the under. (laughs) That's fine. You're hoping, Jeff. That's all. You're just hoping. Just saying. I I I do. He was on pace for everyone trashes him, and I I don't like the locker room end of it. I always trash that, but I never trash his play. He had 45 catches and four. He was on pace for 90 catches and almost a thousand yards last year. As much as we crushed him. I just don't know how much he wants to be there anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If you if he wants another contract, he's gonna. (laughs) Well, hey, let's get on to our predictions for the week. Uh, First, Chet, what are the standings so far? How's it going? Fred and I had two different picks last week, and we split those two games. So we were two and two overall. No change in the season standings. Fred is still up by three games on me. He's twenty-seven and ten. I'm twenty-four and thirteen. And in case anyone asks, I am not conceding. (laughs) <laughs> uh, i hear you well we'll do a recount later okay <laughs> there are just two nfc east games again this week uh with dallas on the bye week so we threw in a couple wild card games just for fun so let's get it going we got the washington football team visiting detroit there's there was no line as of last night on that game we added the seahawks at the rams the rams minus two we added thursday night's game colts at the titans which could be a good one titans minus two and last, the Eagles visit the Giants. The Eagles are minus three and a half. So, Fred, uh, who do you like of the football team at the Lions as a pick The football team, I haven't liked their quarterback situation at all. The offense, now again, it is the Giants. They play the offense, seemed to totally spark when Alex Smith came in. And the following week, when he played a few weeks ago, he had, I think, a touchdown in the half he played when he came in for – um, the other guy, I can't think of his name. Anyhow, I like the offense better with Smith starting. The Haskins. Detroit's not Haskins. That's it. Um, I like the offense better with Smith starting. He's a veteran. I think they can, they can be Detroit's defense. Isn't that good. I'm going to go Redskins. All right. I took Detroit. I don't know why, but I did. I took the Lions. <laughs> All right. Seahawks at the Rams Rams minus two. Oh, that is shady. That's telling you that they that they, they want everyone to take the Seahawks. I don't know. Russell Wilson's been turning the ball over. Everyone crushes Wentz. He has like eight turnovers in three games. They're on uh, the same level there almost. I, but I thought only Wentz does that. But I guess I'm going <laughs> to go. I'm going to go. Man, that's tough. I'm going Seahawks. I, I don't. I don't think they lose again. I'm going to go at least next this following week. I'm going Seahawks. Yeah, I'm doing the same because I just think Russell Wilson is too good to have a second straight bad game. Uh, the Seahawks defense is not what it used to be, certainly, and that scares me. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this one, but I think Wilson's going to have a big game and Seattle wins. All right, uh, Thursday night, Colts at the Titans. Titans minus two. This could be a good one. 
Yeah, I, the Colts were leading at the Ravens. I thought they were on their way to a win, and then they just imploded. I'm gonna. I didn't like the implosion there. I'm gonna go with the Titans. I I think they'll they'll. I, I mean, it'll probably be a little higher scoring. They're gonna they'll be able to run the ball. I think. Uh, Tannehill's had a couple mediocre weeks. I think he's gonna step up. I'm gonna go Titans. That should be a pretty good Thursday night game. And just because they're home in this case, I'm taking the Titans also. So uh, Tennessee for me. Derrick Henry's a beast, by the way. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right. Eagles visit the Giants. Eagles minus three and a half. What do you say? Coming off the bye, Miles Sanders back, Alshon back. I think Sayamalu is on the, on the 21 act. I don't know if he's playing or not. We're getting healthy. Give my quarterback some time to throw. The Eagles roll. I like the Eagles rolling on Sunday. Give me a score. 31 7, 14. 31-14. Wow. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than you do, Fred. Uh, nothing has come easy to the Eagles this season, and I don't see it starting. They struggled with the Giants uh, three weeks ago, and I think this is going to be a struggle again. The Giants have played you know, reasonably well these last three games. Played Washington tough, not that the uh, football team is anything great. They played, uh, who was it, Tampa Bay the previous week, almost beat them. Uh, is, that, is that the game I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, Tampa Bay. And uh, so they're they're playing better under their new head coach. But I do see the Eagles pulling this one out with all the guys coming back. And I have a final score of the Birds 27, Giants 20. Yeah, Jen, I'm, I'm with you on this. I think this is going to be a little closer than we might think. I think the Giants are getting better. I also think the Eagles are getting better, and the Eagles are getting healthy, as you said, Fred. So I think the Eagles are going to play better. And uh, But – I wouldn't. I'm not on a on a blowout. I'm not. I'm not all the way there yet on this. So just one different Washington, Detroit. You have Washington. I have the Lions. All right, Fred. Before we let you go, let the viewers know where they can follow all your social media outlets, all the things you got going on because you're a busy man. You can find me at Freddie Burns on Facebook, Fred Hugo at Fred Hugo underscore on Twitter and Instagram, um, and Edge of Philly Sports. Every uh, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m., I also do an Eagles preview article on EOPsports.com. And check my Twitter and the bets. I, I crushed it again this weekend. I went six or seven, seven and one against the spread. Wow. Uh, so we, I, ride me while I'm hot. Eventually, <laughs> it's going to crash. <laughs> EOP bets. But thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Fred. Thanks again for taking the time. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, Fred. All right. All right, Chet, let's give a shout out to our partners over at Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check them all out. We've got the Broad Street Bully Podcast, Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey with some amazing guests and hilarious banner. We have Bird's IQ uh, every Monday, 7 p.m. live with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles football and reacting to the birds as they battle their way through the NFL. And, of course, as Fred mentioned, Edge of Philly Sports Live, Joe, Freddie, Big Al, cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch them live Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m., not long after this one ends. Mm-hmm. And you Sounds can check out, check out all their shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting that subscribe, follow, and like buttons, and always share with your friends and family, and certainly – like and follow our show. Please do. That's right. All right, Chet, great guest again tonight in WIP's James Seltzer. 
edge of Philly sports, Freddie Hugo or Freddie Hugo, Freddie Burns. Uh, you know, two young same guys thing. with a lot of yeah, right, same thing. <laughs> two young guys with a lot of passion about their Philly sports. They're fun to have on and uh, fun to listen to. So absolutely, who, who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, I had somebody booked, and then this afternoon uh, we mutually agreed to postpone it into uh, December just because there might be an issue next week, uh, 50-50 shot. So we just said, you know what, let's wait till it's a sure thing in early December. So right now we don't have anybody booked for next week, although I do have three of the four following shows booked. So uh, we'll announce next week's guest in the next day or two. All right. Sounds good. We'll, we'll get to it. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break again and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line Razzes, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook pages, like them or follow them. It's PPCC118RazRoom and PPCC118RazRoom Shop on Facebook. Hey, Chet, I wanted to hit you up because we have an extra minute here. I I got another problem. I'm, I'm flipping, all right? Unlike me to flip. I've been pretty hard on the whole Pete Rose does not belong in the Hall of Fame thing because he cheated or he cheated, he gambled. And, uh, you know, one of the cardinal rules is don't gamble. It's on the doorway of every locker room. We've discussed mm-hmm. that a bunch of times. But A.J. Hinch and Joey Cora now have jobs. <laughs> After one year suspension, and they cheated. They knowingly cheated and won World Series. I'm flipping on the Pete Rose thing, at least for now, uh, because that gum. I mean, Pete Rose has been on the outs for 30 years, whatever, 35 years. And these guys flat out knowingly cheated, and everybody knows they cheated, and they're right back as managers in the major leagues in one year. I got a problem with that. Yeah, and I can understand that. I was a little surprised, too, that they both you know, are back in baseball already. So uh, it's kind of a double standard, perhaps, a lot of people would say, for Major League Baseball. But, uh, you know, I think Pete had a good shot until the stories came out about his uh, little escapades with teenage girls, which hurt him a few years ago. Totally different from gambling, certainly, but I think that really hurt his chances. Well, I don't think he wasn't going in, in the Hall of Fame anyway. I mean, that hurt him in his Philly Wall of Fame thing. It kept him off the Philly Wall of Fame. But he he's not going in the Major League Baseball into Cooperstown ever. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's, that it's, way. Right, it's just not going to happen. And uh, I just – the standards, you know, we, we went through the whole, well, these guys did steroids and there was all that. And now – but this is a little even different than that in my mind. They, this This team – led by these guys cheated yeah you know i understand and yeah i sympathize yeah anyway that's my rant for tonight that could have been a parting shot but i wanted to throw it out there (laughs) all right hey bill uh, i gotta tell you we've been doing a lot of in memoriam segments not that we were planning to but we've been doing that a lot lately unfortunately and we lost some more big names over the past week one of them from the sports world tommy heinsohn 
Neither of you remember him as a player. I think he retired in 65, but we certainly do remember him from his many years coaching the Celtics. He was there for 10 years and then a lot of years as a broadcaster as well. And I didn't realize that he's actually been inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, both as a player and a coach, which is a pretty nice honor. Mm -hmm. Tommy Heinsohn, in the entertainment world, we lost a comedian who was very popular on the talk show circuit in the 1960s and 70s, known for his malaprops. Remember this guy, Norm Crosby? He died the other day at the age of 93. Funny dude. I I used to love watching him on uh, The Tonight Show and the other shows. And, of course, the big news over the weekend was the fact that we lost uh, one of my heroes, really. And if I can find his picture, I'm going to put it on the screen right now. This guy, uh, the sad news came Sunday that Alex Trebek left us after a more than 18-month battle with pancreatic cancer. He hosted Jeopardy for 37 seasons and was one of those guys that was just loved by pretty much everyone in the entertainment world and beyond. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek, 80 years old. Yeah. Uh, you were a Jeopardy guy? Did you watch Jeopardy? Yeah. Regularly? Yeah, I didn't know any of the answers, but I watched it. <laughs> I would actually watch it, you know, a lot of nights, and especially with my kids when they were all there in the house, we would watch it, and I would count how many I knew as we went along, and out of 60 answers, I would generally know about 15 or 16 on a good night. Yeah. Uh, when they did, like, Celebrity Jeopardy, I would sometimes get up to 24 or 25 because the questions were a little easier. Right. Meanwhile, my kids would know, you know, like, 25 28 even on the tougher jeopardy making me feel kind of like a dumb old guy <laughs> hey and you forgot one thing on a more positive note we have a birthday of an actress that you might have missed oh who's that how about demi moore yes 50 something today Seven, uh, eight, 57 58 she was quite a looker in the day i'll tell you uh some other things here that came to mind uh we lost pelly Lindbergh 35 years ago yesterday i often wondered what the flyers might have done had you know pelly been around in the late 80s i think they would have won that third stanley cup maybe even a fourth if he were around and on a much happier note a beginning of life announcement. Congrats to our pal Joe Valley and his wife Meg on the birth of their daughter Dorothy Rose Valley two and a half weeks ago. I forgot to mention that the last two weeks. So congrats to Joe and Meg on their beautiful little girl. All right. Do you uh, do you have a little Jeopardy game planned for me? Do we have time? I, no, for that? I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I, I wish I did serious. because I do love Jeopardy and I would have made the things uh, the answers uh, easy, but uh, uh, didn't get around to it. Well, and I thought you were testing me. Okay, good. Oh, I'm here, glad I one. didn't have to do it. Okay, in the category of sports, Bill Furman, this team just finished the MLS regular season with the best record in the league. Yeah, uh, that would be those Philadelphia Union. You have to ask in the form of a question, Bill. What is it called? I don't know. Who are the Philadelphia Union? Who is who the Philadelphia the, Union? Who are the Philadelphia Union? There you go. That is. They're correct. having a parade. They're having a parade. Are they? Well, they just—it's the regular season. They have to go to the playoffs now. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. Yeah. All right. Jet Philly Press Box Radio website is up, running full speed. You can watch this podcast and our Vimeos, some current Philly sports articles, some articles we've written. Uh, the YouTube channel is up and running. We need. With some more clicks and likes on that YouTube channel. 
Yeah, we do. And a lot of people watching us, hopefully, right now, live on that YouTube channel, because as of last week, we're able to do the shows and put them right on the YouTube channel as they are happening, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, if you're if you're not there now, go to YouTube, type in Philly Press Box or Philly Press Box Radio. Either will work. Um, subscribe to our channel. You can watch all the 60 plus videos that are there now. And we add at least one every week with the, the latest show and occasionally a couple other segments, probably the James Seltzer um, pop culture thing will show up as a separate segment tonight because that was a whole lot of fun. That's all. All right. Any parting shot for you tonight? Or I do, Bill. I do have one other thing. We got word the other day that Major League Baseball and several teams did a lot of shuffling with their minor league system. A lot of teams switching affiliations. Some of those minor league teams just getting cast aside. And that includes the Trenton Thunder. The Thunder have been the Yankees double A affiliate the past 18 years. And the team found out through the media over the weekend that the Yankees were dropping Trenton in favor of Somerset up in Bridgewater Township. From what Thunder officials have said, the Yankees assured them since the end of the 2019 season that their relationship would continue and that was the case even during the whole pandemic this year then all of a sudden at the last minute the yankees reversed course didn't even tell the thunder directly about the old switcheroo so as i said they found out through the media right now it's sounding like there will be no baseball in trenton in 2021 and that's a shame arm and hammer park or waterfront park and i was going to put that picture up and of course i forgot to do so but Arm and Hammer Park, it's also known to most people in the area as Waterfront Park. It's a beautiful, fan-friendly ballpark and a great night out for area residents since 1994. I've been there at least 20 times over the years, and this is just awful news for stadium workers, fans, and area residents. So shame on the Yankees for this decision, and particularly for the way they handled it. Yeah, not so good. Uh, just a couple other things. Alec Baum did not win the Rookie of the Year, unfortunately. Came in time for a second. And also, Chet, we missed this last week. I, I didn't think about it until afterwards. Cesar Hernandez and J.P. Crawford, two former Phillies, both gold glove winners yeah. in 2020. How about that? How about that? JP, how about Cesar? I, I, that was actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, and a, and a nice tweet from Larry, to, from Larry Boa uh, about all the extra balls that uh, Cesar had taken over the years and much, uh, much, praise to Cesar for winning that award. So that was, that was kind of cool too. Congrats to both of those guys. They're going to have a better off season than the Phillies will probably. I'm a little worried about that Phil's organization. just like James Seltzer is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, All right. You ready to wrap it up? up? You got anything else? Nothing. Wrap it up. I'm hungry. Uh, I hear you. Let's thank tonight's special guest, James Seltzer and Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover station house, Bob Sullivan's like your age.com PPCC 118 Raz room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman, and we hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, November 18th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and others. So high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Birds!
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.